Hello, welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Coming up, a fascinating insight into the mind of an elite rugby player. Gemma Rowland goes beyond her beloved sport to talk about her struggles with her own mental health and what she's doing to improve and educate those around her on the subject. So I knew from a, a younger age that it was certainly something that I was aware of, um, having had my own experiences and had always questioned how it could have been dealt with differently. And, you know, I do kind of talk about it or try to talk about it openly on my social media as a platform or, you know, make um, younger girls aware when I'm a role model to them or engaging with them in a sporting context, you know, that I can be approached and I'm happy to talk about it. Um, but I think kind of over the last two years with the pandemic, it's really kind of refreshed in my brain just actually how important it is that we take action, that we don't just kind of, we're not reactive, we're proactive with it. Now Gemma's been incredibly open about her own triggers and as she talked about there, the responsibility she feels towards younger generations. And that includes the soldiers and the players she's in charge of. So she also discussed how central rugby and the army have been to her mindset. So I've run some marathons before. I've done a, a half Ironman. People are like, do you train for it? I was like, no, because the military mentality has told me if I just don't stop, I will get to the end. They prepare you for the hard times and that mentally you know that you have the resilience to get to the end if you just keep going. Now, Jules, I went there fully expecting to, to talk at least 80% rugby, but we got so much more from that conversation with Gemma. She's a very insightful young athlete, and it's a bit like going down a rabbit hole with Gemma. You start talking, and I don't mean... Yeah, it's in a, a bit like going way. down... Yeah, in a, in a <laughs> negative way, a very positive way. There's a number of subjects... We could have still been there, actually, still chatting now, probably been turfed out by the caretaker who works at the, at the gym at HQ Land. But it was fantastic to catch up with her. And as you say, there's a lot to talk about. We covered a lot of ground, and not only a very small portion of it was actually rugby, which is great. It really was. I mean, she's. I've followed her for a while on social media and we touched on that in, in the interview. And I think she really, the responsibility weighs, weighs heavy on her, which I think is a good sense to have with social media, because if you're aware of what your audience are and what you're saying all the time, then it, it can have a huge effect. Well, we caught up with her last week, uh, going into a big showdown for Wasps. She's back playing her club rugby. I don't want to give too much of this away. But she's back playing club rugby and she's loving it. And uh, and that showed in the game that she was playing for Wasps against Bristol at the weekend. And sadly, they were beaten. Wasps were beaten by the Premier 15's league leaders, Bristol Bears, 36-17. But we don't need to venture very far from Gemma to talk about her Wales and Army teammate, Beth Ann Dayton, who, of course, was the first serving soldier, female soldier, to play for the Barbarians this weekend, Jules. Yeah, I was lucky enough to head down to the training ground of Wasps, which is sort of Ealing part of London, Twyford Avenue. Some of you may have, or you may have played there. Some people may have played there. And it was great to catch up with Bethan and the entire Barbarian squad. The best thing about the Barbarians is the atmosphere, the attitude from day one. As soon as players arrive in camp, there's that party atmosphere, a real festival of playing rugby. They just want to have fun on the pitch. And that comes across. And it was wonderful to catch up with Bethan. I think she was slightly stunned that she'd been picked because she hadn't featured in the Autumn Internationals and it was taking her some time for the whole thing to sink in. I didn't quite believe it, if I'm honest, so I didn't expect it. And it's like the pinnacle of your career and it's not something you get like offered often, so I couldn't actually say no. There was a lot of chat like around other camps I've been in previous and I just was like, oh, no, I'm not picked or nothing. So then when it came out in social media, everyone was like, 
I thought you wasn't in, but I wasn't allowed to say anything, so it's quite hard. I told my family and stuff, so I don't think it's really sunk in yet. It's a bit surreal, so yeah, I've never played a trick in them either, so I think that's a that's going to be a great opportunity as well. Well, well she, she has, came on. Yeah, she has now. Yeah, it's absolutely. She came on in the second half and uh, contributed to what was a high-scoring contest. Well, for the Barbarians, not so much for South Africa. Yeah, 65 they won over the Springbok women and um, a really good mix of um, nationalities there on the Barbarian side as ever. And they played in a true Barbar style, I think. And there were a lot of sort of tactics and set pieces they did that are very specific to the Barbarian side. Um, now, uh, still on rugby, I did the RAF and the Royal Navy under-23s a disservice last week by calling the final game of the under-23 rugby tournament void the army of course won it in two games but this final fixture actually produced an incredible match and it was a win for the raf after a 15 year wait here's their head coach flight sergeant richie craig on the win it is a long gap and um, the boys have worked incredibly hard especially this squad um, and squads that i've worked with in the past we've been unlucky on occasions especially last week um, we've drawn a couple of games over the last however long many years that is um, Matt isn't working very well at the moment but no, the boys have dug in really well and I thought the performance tonight is shaky in places but they, they came out on top when it mattered and they fought right to the very end Now it's worth going to forces.net or the Forces News Facebook page to see those games, um, any of the interviews that we bring you, any of the stories that we talk about can be found at forces.net and also across our socials, BFBS Sport on Twitter and Forces News on Instagram. Now there's been a huge amount of forces activity across the winter sporting world this weekend but we'll go into more detail about that later but in ice hockey it was another win for the light blues the RAF aces took on defending champions Royal Navy destroyers at the ice arena Wales in Cardiff the airmen won the championship for the first time in eight years after beating the Royal Navy 3-2 and I think actually Jules if if our listeners viewers do go to forces.net one of the stories they're going to see that was covered globally really in the media this week was brian wood army veteran who finishes he finishes 635 mile challenge 25 marathons in 25 days imagine that well it was a coincidence that he was trotting along doing his run at the same time that kevin sinfield was out doing his thing for his best pal rob burrow take nothing away from Brian Wood this was incredible and he was catching up with some of the relatives of those servicemen and women who've been killed in action and it was it was really humbling I don't know if you saw the television interview with him at the end where his son who's yeah joined up yeah his son and they were down at Borden in Hampshire on the training ground there and, it, and it, I must I must admit it, it, it got got you in the feelers a little bit because it was such such an achievement how much has he raised because it's a huge amount of money I think it's over 150,000 so far for Walking with the Wounded. And um, yeah, as you said, he was highlighting those who gave their lives fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Brian Wood is well known. He's written a book, Double Cross. And, and then Danny Boy was a BBC adaptation of, of, sort of his life story. But someone who's so well known, you know, to be able to bring his presence and his sort of familiarity across the forces world and respect that so many people have served with him and um, served, you know, under him um, were were glad to, to see him raise that kind of money. Um, you can see more from Brian and his incredible journey by visiting forces.net. BFBS, the forces station. This, this is Forces Court.
You're listening to Forces Sport on BFBS with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Hello. Now for our conversation with Gemma Rowland. Like I said earlier, I expected to largely be discussing rugby, but after recently completing a mental health first aid course, Gemma had other ideas. It basically gives you a better understanding and knowledge of the different types of mental health illnesses or issues um, and then kind of equips you with a way to support those in need so how to approach a conversation how to steer a conversation delicately delicately into matters that sometimes are very hard to talk about um, and obviously also how to recognize the early signs and symptoms which sometimes we're not necessarily aware of or you know we put down to something else um, so it's kind of put me in a very confident position to be able to better support colleagues, teammates, friends. I was going to say that's something that will cross over between being on the sports pitch and being a captain looking after perhaps junior soldiers, older soldiers as well. So it's going to help you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So we know off of the back of COVID that mental health illnesses have dramatically spiked across the country. Um, and it's, it is kind of like a second pandemic in itself, I think. And it's something that um, as a nation, we're fighting really hard to, to better support. Unfortunately, you know, that then burden falls on the NHS, which um, is already under a lot of pressure with dealing with the, uh, the pandemic. Um, the army have um, OpSmart, which is the kind of mental health and resilience training um, in place. So again, we're looking at different ways to, to tackle the, the stigma that's always been around mental health. But I think that as an individual, every little piece that you can do to support um, anybody in your, in your immediate circle, um, whether that be gaining a better understanding or just, you know, finding ways to tackle that stigma and being open and approachable, um, you know, it just makes us better as a society. As an elite athlete, this is your second home almost, being in a gym. So what was it then that encouraged you or what was the motivation for you to, to think, well, I probably need to look after what's in between my own ears and everybody else as well? So I got asked to be an ambassador for the Brave Mind charity, which is a mental health charity focusing on the rugby community at the moment. Um, they go into rugby clubs um, and they train kind of mental health champions um, to then be able to offer support kind of within the teams. Um, it's something that I've been very passionate about based on my own previous experiences um, of mental health issues um, and like I said knowing that it's very prevalent in society now and knowing that you know rugby is a community it's I wanted to do something or put myself in a position to be able to help my community and my rugby family. And you mentioned that you have a history of having dealt with your own mental health in the past. Um, it's amazing that organisations as big as the army and I assume across the armed forces are now dealing with mental health the way they are and you must see that as, as a good thing I'm sure. Um, can you give us a bit of insight as to when you realised that mental health was so important in your life and has obviously brought you, because I'm sure before you did this course you were helping people because you got experience of it. Could you sort of give us um, an idea of when it sort of became prevalent in your life and, and how you saw it going forward? Yeah, so when I was younger, so I was about 15, 16, I suffered, I've used the word suffer and that's something we got taught not to do on our mental health course. Um, I experienced bulimia 
um, it was tied very much to other experiences going on in my life at the time and wasn't necessarily tied to body image. Unfortunately, it wasn't handled in the right way. And then it became very much about body image because I got asked to keep a food diary or track my weight. And therefore, then it became obsessive in terms of um, managing my diet and nutrition. Um, and it got handled in totally the wrong way and therefore became a bigger issue than it needed to. So I knew from a, a younger age that it was certainly something that um, I, I was aware of, um, having had my own experiences and had always questioned how it could have been dealt with differently. Um, and, you know, I do kind of talk about it or try to talk about it openly on my social media as a platform or, you know, make um, younger girls aware when I'm a role model to them or engaging with them in a sporting context, you know, that I can be approached and I'm happy to talk about it. Um, but I think kind of over the last two years with the pandemic, it's really kind of refreshed in my brain just actually how important it is that we take action, that we don't just kind of... We're not reactive, we're preact uh, proactive with it. Um, I think for myself, I've found myself slipping back into um, quite a hard a struggle, really. Um, my capacity was kind of reaching its maximum. Um, I was trying to support my family through the pandemic by um, babysitting or offering support. So I kind of moved my life back to Bristol while still trying to do a full-time job working from home. Um, and then also still trying to commit to playing for WASP, which has always been my club and has been for you know the eight, last eight years. But that means a kind of three, three and a half hour drive from Bristol on a Tuesday and Thursday and not getting back in kind of until midnight. And I just realized that my capacity was, I had to kind of reach that, that level um, and I needed to do something about it, um, which is why I moved to Bristol Bears, just to kind of reduce that traveling time. And they were really amazing and welcoming and supportive for me during that time. Um, but it made me question how many other people are maybe in the same, same position as me, but because possibly haven't experienced a, a form of mental health illness before, maybe aren't aware of it or don't know how to ask for help or how to do something to put themselves in a position to be able to manage it. Well, that commute to and from training will give you a chance to listen to the Forces Sport podcast <laughs> might not help your mental health. As a mental health first aider, are you able to recognise symptoms? Yeah, I think, well, there'll be some that, um, so it was really interesting on the course, because I think when we talk about mental health, especially at the moment, I keep saying, you know, it's been more prevalent in during the pandemic. We're actually focusing a lot on anxiety, depression, and potentially the eating disorders as a coping mechanism. But we they don't then necessarily address the, the psychosis side of things or the, you know, the ones that are actually, um, you know, or actually reaching that crisis stage. Um, we, you know, we talk about depression and a lot of people throw that word around without possibly knowing what it means. Or we, talk, we, know, we say, throw away comment, oh, that's, someone's got OCD because they like to keep things tidy. But actually, when you examine it, do they really have OCD or are they just kind of being tidy? So it's really made me think about using the right language and recognising actually what it is the person is experiencing. Um, so I think it, it definitely has equipped me to be able to... to notice symptoms um, or to pick up on them and then the most important thing is then how you approach a conversation with them because you know you can't just go straight in and be like are you depressed you know or are you suicidal because then the person's just going to recoil so you know you just start with a how are you or you know how are how are you really you know and you have to ask more than once people aren't just going to open up um, and putting yourself in a position where you can be understanding 
um, and empathetic. Empathy, I think, is a huge one. Um, and just really listening. I think that's been something I've really focused on over the last kind of two years um, is an, an active listening. So I think as a society, we have a very bad habit of listening to respond. So as someone's talking to us in our head, we're going, OK, this is what I'm going to say in response to that. This <laughs> yes. is how I'm going to reply to Dumbled. that. And then we stop I'm doing listening. it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you're interviewing, so I'll let you slide a little bit. Kind of our job. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not listening, um, and then we if there's a pause, we then start panicking. Go, I have to fill the silence. Well, no, actually, if you just chill out for a little bit and let let the silence be, sometimes they may fill it, or in that time you can go, okay, so how do you feel about that, or what are you doing as a result of that, and so you're then letting them continue along the same trajectory or with the same conversation without you know, just putting yourself into, into the conversation or putting your own thoughts back onto them. So active listening, I think, is probably one of my biggest takeaways and probably something I recommend everybody tries to do. Is your time at Sandhurst, was there anything that you could draw upon from your military training that's helped you with all of this? Yeah, 100%. So they say at Sandhurst that the whole thing is a game. The, the, the one piece of advice you get given before you go to Santos by anyone that's been through is play the game. The aim of Santos is to break you down as much as they physically can, mentally, physically, emotionally, to test your character when you're in that most depleted state. So when you go out on exercise, so like the final exercise is three weeks, you barely sleep for three weeks. There's one called, oh, what was it called? It's in the beginning of second term. Um, it's a defensive exercise, and you dig, dig trenches. You cannot go to sleep until all of the trenches... You start to routine. hallucinate, don't you? Yeah. Um, so for three days, you did not sleep at all. Yeah. We had, in our smocks, I had a pack of Haribo, har pack of Haribo in both pockets. Other sweets are already. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and you'd um, go out on patrol, and you'd be just eating sugar, trying to... But I would... Honestly, I saw little green men dancing around the bases of trees. I was hallucinating. I fell asleep while I was walking. So I was, I literally, you know when you feel like you've just blinked right, for a long time, but I opened my eyes and everyone in front of me had disappeared, like my platoon had gone, and I was like, <laughs> I honestly have fallen asleep walking. Um, but you were able to still get through an entire week of exercise because... Of Haribo. Because of Haribo, for one. Other sweets are available. Um, but also because, one, you knew that what you were doing was for a purpose. So I think having a purpose is always kind of fundamental... Um, motivator you also knew there would be an end point um, and knowing that you will get to the end and that if you just apply yourself that's like a military mentality for anything so I've run some marathons before I've done a, a half Ironman people are like do you train for it I was like no because the military mentality has told me that if I just get through like if I just don't stop I will get to the end um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that Santos has prepared, you know, and, and the junior, sorry, the soldier military training establishments are exactly the same. Um, they prepare you for the hard times and that mentally you know that you have the resilience to get to the end if you just keep going. Other sweets are available. Is it, is it me or is it Haribo very military thing? Because in Afghanistan we were constantly sent packs of Haribo and available in the NAFI the world over. That actually brings me back to an earlier conversation we've had before, Jules, and we were wondering what happened to half-time oranges and whether yeah. they were still a thing. Actually, I do see sweets, Haribo sweets in... I have seen them at, at, at half-time. Yeah, they are passed around, aren't they? That little so hit do you think of they've, sugar. They've, they've replaced the um, oranges that my mum used to bring in a plastic bag. Or in a Tupperware box as well I, I should think i don't know that it's had an impact on the stocks and shares <laughs> in the clementine orange market 
if anyone's got any memories of um, things like half-time oranges and can tell us whether they they themselves experience that or whether now as a parent you're t- responsible for taking those half-time oranges along to your kids' sports matches, please do let us know. You can contact us at forcesport at bfbs.com. Also, that chat with Gemma was really, really interesting. Is there somewhere, I'm sure we spoke for longer, is there somewhere where we could tune into a longer version of that chat with Gemma? It's like you read my mind, Jules. I was about to say (laughs) that should you want to see more from Gemma, and I really, really recommend it. We do talk about rugby, but her fascinating insights into especially mental health, but also her time at Santos and her time in the Army, and the incredible amount of courses and sort of the way she's building for her future is amazing. She's just really, a really switched on um, young lady. Um, Yeah, so if you want to see more from that, you can go to the BFBS Sports Show on YouTube and there you can see all our um, extended conversations with all of the characters that we've had here on the Forces Sport. It was interesting Um, that she fell asleep on on exercise. Have you ever fallen asleep on the job? Where's the funniest place that you've ever fallen asleep, Kath? uh, On a ski bus, standing up. Yeah. There we go. After five months of anyone who's been a chalet girl will know that after five months, you can't stay awake really anywhere. Anywhere warm and slightly mobile, you're going to Well, I, I, th- I think three-time world snooker champion Mark Williams may have um, may have thought <laughs> yeah. that he was, he was in a pub somewhere relaxing next to the log fire because he fell asleep in the middle of the UK championships. <laughs> so and it's so unlike Mark Williams because if you remember a few years ago when he won the world championship, he went on one one hell of a party for about four days after he lifted that title so um yeah but i do think in his defense he has had covid so i think that's catching up okay. with him and he yeah. did say that he struggles to play snooker at night don't we all these days don't we all <laughs> doze off in, yes. in front of the things that are going on in front of one yeah what was um, that bell in because we were talking to Gemma in a gym weren't we what was that bell that kept going off I don't know. I do know there are a lot of other people in the gym and there's a lot of gym noises. So if you're wondering what that is, but I'm sure those of you who are listening are very familiar with noises in a gym, like the ergo was going and then someone was doing his... That wasn't us or Gemma. That was somebody else (laughs) in the background, wasn't it? Anyway, bells are ringing because we've got to to carry on. We've got more to tell you. I wanted to talk about the fact that winter's arrived. We discussed this. You were saying it was more autumnal a couple of weeks ago, but winter's arrived, Jules, because rugby matches and football matches are being postponed. There's too much snow. You know, the, U- the UK is suffering that first snow of the season. I've lost the argument about it's too early to put up the Christmas decorations. <laughs> yeah. Bit of snow are on the up? ground. No. I don't know. I don't know. They might well be. Yeah, turn <laughs> you back for five turn you back Monday lunchtime they'll be up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because um, obviously the, we had the Tottenham game. They travelled all the way to Burnley and it was cancelled at the last minute. The Newcastle Falcons rugby game on Friday night was postponed until Saturday because of snow. Um, I wanted to sort of go into the fact that we have had lots of winter sports action this weekend from a forces point of view. I'm just going to list where we've been because... We're going to be facing this now for the rest of, you know, this season, As especially as we build up to the Olympics and Paralympics. There are so many forces athletes involved. Um, the Para-Alpine Europa Cup in um, Austria, we have Brett Wilde, Royal Navy ski guide for 
visually impaired athlete Millie Knight. Um, he got a bronze. Shona Brownlee and Alex Slegg, both ex-forces. And Shona Brownlee obviously still serving with the RAF and won the RAF Sportswoman of the Year as well. They're both in sit skis and they're out in Panorama in Canada. Um, they got medals as well in uh, Canmore, also in Canada, the Paranordic team. Scott Mina and Steve Arnold, um, they are out there for the first World Cup of the season. And also an interesting link, um, Scott Mina... Uh, posted a really lovely picture because he very recently met Frank Williams because Williams advanced engineering has been making has spent the last couple of years designing and making the racing sit skis for this paranordic team the likes of Scott Mina and Steve Arnold who are both double leg amputees and of course the very sad news that Frank Williams died over the weekend after 40 years in charge of, of Williams racing incredible life that's a fitting legacy isn't it it's not just his f1 team but the, the fact that his engineers have been helping uh, paranordic athletes i think that's terrific of course frank williams's father i think was in bomber command during the second world war so uh, slight forces linked there but um, in- incredible guy frank williams really really incredible at the peak at the peak they i don't know it seemed that a williams car would always finish on the podium yeah. um, with one of their drivers becoming world champion damon hill nigel mansell of course uh, amongst others very sad Yes, and Damon Hill um, really was the peak, wasn't it, in 1996 when, when he won. But according to sources close to Frank Williams, he was still looking. I mean, Williams haven't had a very successful time recently, but um, Frank Williams was still looking for that, you know, that elusive win in the Formula One competition. And so well, he was they, competitive they, yeah, till, they, you know, till the end. They sold the business, didn't they? They made a heck of a lot of money, which is fantastic for Frank Williams, because in the early days, of course, he would invest all his own money. He would probably be eating beans on toast, put everything. He was virtually penniless. But um, <laughs> it was da- his daughter was yes. overseeing things more recently and, until they sold the firm. And, and um, yeah, very sad. A, a real character. Yeah, real character, real presence, as a lot of people have said. Um, Just finally, going back to the winter sports, um, Owen Pick, who is a GB para snowboarder, he'll be involved in the World Cup Bank Slalom in the Netherlands um, over the next couple of days. And also John Allen Butterworth, who we recognise, you know, used to be a cyclist, has now moved across. And he'll be taking part, I think it's a qualifying event, um, the Europa Cup Bank Slalom. That's also in Netherlands. But he'll be hoping to reach the heights that Owen Pick has reached over the years. Um... Just finally, on the sort of international scene, really nice to see Davis Cup tennis and uh, and GB doing well without the likes of, of the Murray brothers, which is, I think, it's always nice to see in that we've got a bit of depth in tennis as well. They beat the Czech Republic to reach the quarterfinals this weekend. Fantastic. Well done, guys. And Emma Raducanu, of course, was back in action in an exhibition match at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, losing to the ball boy, I think. Oh, talking about Jules, talking about the weather, actually, that Tottenham game against Burnley. The did you hear couple. about the, did you the hear about couple. Yeah, the two fans yeah. who came from Dallas? Yes, from Texas. Yeah, the 30 yeah. hour. Yeah, 30 hour journey all the way to Burnley, only to find out that the well, it started snowing on the Friday night, realised that it was going to be called off on the Saturday. And a young, a young guy, a young player you may have heard of called Harry Kane. Harry Kane. He heard about it. <laughs> about their adventures in the snow and said, look, next time you're in town, you can come and, and, and watch a game at Spurs. I think he said that he would also pay for it and host them. He said uh, it as his guests, yeah. As his guests. I mean, in the tra- January transfer window, he might have gone. So <laughs> it's, he's stitched up the person on the gate at, at White Hart Lane. Well, unless um, they're still around, because, of course, they play 
Brentford, I think, on Thursday. So, okay. um, oh well, there we are. If, if they're sticking around for a week, unless they just came for the game, I'm not sure. But what a way really, to spend really, Christmas! Yeah, good, good stories there in the news. Um, looking ahead, Jules, we've got another live stream this week. The UK Armed Forces football team are taking on Luton Town Academy. That's uh, Tuesday at one o'clock at Hitchin Town, and of course, this really a fixture that's in place because it should have been the Kentish Cup this week, and we mentioned that in our conversation with Nick DeLong last week but um it's good that UCAF can still find some quality opposition even when um you know their their main tournament has been cancelled and um one of your favourite guests so far, Jules, John Simpson, who's on I think up second or third week here on, on Forces Sport, collects his OBE this week. Brilliant from the news. Queen. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well done. Uh, arise John Simpson. Can't say Sir John Simpson because it's only an OBE, but well done to him. Fantastic. It's really good to see in the citation for why he's got the award. And they basically talk about how he single-handedly created this charity and that it's it's so it's global. You know, it's gone across to the US and everyone seems to know about it. But as we found out, he has such good connections and such an engaging personality. It's, it's not really a surprise. So good luck to John Simpson and also good luck to the UK Armed Forces versus Luton Town. That will be live on our Forces News Facebook site from one o'clock on Tuesday. Now, you can please listen again or check out any of our other conversations with your Armed Forces sporting stars. You can find them all by searching for Forces Sport at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And you can always catch up with the latest news and sport at forces.net. We've got loads more quality conversations coming your way on Forces Sport so many forces athletes to talk to and um, of course if you know of someone who we might have missed because we don't claim to know them all and, and someone who deserves the attention or you've got any comment on on the forces sport or, or on any of our content at forces.net then please email us at forcesport at bfbs.com it would be great to hear from you jules anything you've got coming up this week anything you're looking forward to oh, i've gone off sport kath <laughs> well no, you're yes. sacked then you yes, are definitely yeah. sacked no, i'll get someone lot, else in there is a lot to look forward to there There's is a lot, lot to look, to look forward. forward there is a lot to look forward to but please you know we we actually need your help we need you to contact us here at forces sport at bfbs.com so we can know what's going on in the forces sporting world for now it's goodbye from me keep warm and goodbye it's goodbye. goodbye from jules see you next week 